Hey, She 2.0 listeners, it's Jackie, and tonight I'm flying solo without my partner in crime, Ramona. We are in the third wave of this bloody pandemic, and uh, they just announced the schools are closing tomorrow. So um, Ramona's really scrambling to try and figure out how she's going to make work and children and school puppies and everything happen. So unfortunately, she won't be joining us for this episode, but Ramona will be back again for our very next episode. Um, so tonight, I am super excited to have on Monica Graves. Um, Monica's a jewelry designer. She's a talk show host. She's a storyteller, and she is one hell of a fundraiser. Uh, so Monica's been designing jewelry for 20 years, and she's got her own show called Get to Know Her. She's also married and has a mom she's very close to. So you also have a very, very busy life, Monica. And you and I go back about, what, 20 years? Yeah, 20 beautiful years. <laughs> My buddy, Jacqueline. <laughs> Monica and I did our own podcast together for a long time, Cocktails and Conversations. We did. I and love we, that. That was a fun, fun podcast. But even then, we were talking about our hot flashes and our mood swings and what the heck is happening to us. I know. Is that crazy? But you know what was the best? We were all snuggly in your girl cave. That's true. To, yeah. I should know I miss that. snuggling. <laughs> the podcast wasn't 20 years ago. We're not 80. <laughs> Back in 1895. <laughs> <laughs> so Monica, tell me a bit about what's, I haven't seen you in so long. Tell me about Glam Jewels and what's going on. I know that it's not just designing jewelry. I mean, there's so many facets to what you do. Yeah. And, uh, and you're doing it all through this, this global pandemic. And you're also doing it all through the hormone rage and imbalance called menopause or perimenopause. Yeah. Love the menopause. <laughs> no, now I'm officially menopause. I had my one year anniversary at Christmas. Oh, you did? <laughs> so okay. I've crossed over now. I'm with you, Jacqueline. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, perimenopause is lovely, but I'm sure we'll get to that too. But um, COVID has been interesting. It's been a major pain and it's been emotionally taxing. Uh, but it, there have also been many, many gifts that have come along with it. So gift number one is um, I've been designing jewelry for 20 years, as you just mentioned. And uh, I had this very small, small part of my business where I would help people to fundraise for causes they believed in, mostly women. So women would come to me and say, my neighbor is not well. They need money for cancer treatment. I'd help them to do a fundraiser. And then another person would be maybe, you know, the head of um, the Bright Run where she wanted to raise money for the Jervinsky Cancer Center. So it was kind of like all over the map, not always cancer, different causes. And that part, now that women are so focused on, okay, this sucks. Um, we're not going to gala events. We're not dressing up, doing all all those things we used to do, but we still need to advocate for people who need help. We need to do something. So they're coming to me and they're doing these fundraisers with bracelets that I design and they sell to all of their friends. And it is incredible. I'm learning so much about people and meeting the most interesting women, loving, giving, big hearts. It's It's been very, very rewarding and, and such a blessing to be involved in these passion projects. And so along with that, I've always had a dream, as you know, to have my own podcast or show. And I've had a podcast mic under my desk for two years. <laughs> and it's sat there and I've dreamed about it. And so 
what happened was March 13th, the world shut down here officially, right? Mm-hmm. I know there were things going on before that, but it was a Friday the 13th in Ontario. And on Tuesday the 17th, I was rocking it out. I already started my <laughs> podcast. So it's been an evolution, but I've got about 50 interviews behind me now. And uh, amazing. it's amazing. It's, you know, what you're doing here, like just this sh- sharing stories and making people feel like they belong to something because it's lonely with COVID. Even if you're, you know, living with family, it's, it's, it's lonely. lonely. Yeah. We're not, we don't recognize our lives anymore. No. Um, one thing I would say is I remember when I was still perimenopausal and it was my parents' 50th anniversary and I had to give a toast at dinner <laughs> and I couldn't make it through without crying every two seconds. And it was supposed to be funny. Um, but, <laughs> but like, that's the thing with menopause, right? You, you yeah. start crying over stuff and you're, it's embarrassing sometimes. And I think about you working um, in your fundraising side with Jarvinsky and talking to families, you know, you're like your three little wishes campaign, talking to families who are about to lose potentially a loved one to mm-hmm. cancer or disease. How, like at the best of times, I wouldn't be able to muddle my way through that without crying, but later on menopause and I would be a sopping mess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that happens. Yep. It's amazing. Before COVID, I had uh, my friend Teresa Berg and I, we laugh about that all the time. She came in to do a fundraiser. She lost her mother to cancer when she was 14. And it was the anniversary, 30 year anniversary of her mother's death. Plus her daughter was the same age as she was when she lost her mom. There were all these things, you know, lining up for her. And she didn't know what she wanted to do. She just wanted to talk to me. And we spent most of that time crying like and it was it's wonderful because I think that's how we make a difference in the world when we can emotionally connect with other people and and you know I know we joke about it you and I have joked about this before like perimenopause menopause it's a pain in the ass we all hate it we all resent men that they don't have to go through what we have to go through but you know when we really take a step back and look at it, it's a constant trigger. And everything that happens, all of these symptoms we experience and all of these ups and downs, it's just a little like, hey, Jacqueline, hey, Monica, you might want to look at this a little closer and maybe that's something you want to heal or maybe that's something you want to work on. So if you can kind of look at it that way, I think your body is so power our bodies they are they're so powerful and they start telling us what it is we need and we need to listen to that right yeah yeah Yeah. so i mean i agree with you there are some good things that come along with this we definitely (laughs) i find that we connect more with women when we are able to talk openly about menopause because this is a very um common and joint experience that we can share and -hmm. empathize with each other and kind of help each other through it okay so tell me what are the bad things so the bad things are, I don't, I, I'm so mad at my body yeah. right now. Like I, I'm trying really hard. I, we actually, I wish I remembered the name of it, but we, my husband and I were watching a documentary last night and it was about this amazing photographer who is, she's a workaholic and she is obsessed with Hollywood culture and this desire to be beautiful and to be a certain weight and to be a certain 
have a certain look and she photographs women who have had plastic surgery and even women who have have given their dogs plastic surgery because maybe the lip hangs too long or something like totally crazy stuff right so here I am I don't know if you can relate to this Jack but I'm I'm going through my own thing where I'm like okay I am cutting out wine I'm cutting out the carbs I'm walking I'm doing the yoga I'm doing all the things and the weight is still coming on like it feels to me like it's packing on like without my consent (laughs) and so I'm obsessed with that while at the same time looking at myself saying you're a strong beautiful woman you're almost six feet tall there's nothing wrong with being 170 pounds like so you were 155 your whole life what the hell like it's it's okay right but but I, but I continue to have this shame feeling or this, this sort of whatever it is. Anyways, but then I'm watching the show and the woman, the photographer has a little belly. She's got a little paunch. She's really, and I love her. I love her way more than all the supermodels who are throwing the cigarette butts into the bucket and trying to pull it together for, you know, so yeah. it's like this internal struggle and I think I mean a lot of it probably has to do with what we were influenced by with magazines and what it means to be beautiful and all this stuff and and for me that was something I really when I started my business and I decided to jump into the fashion industry I was like I will never ever let a woman feel like she's not enough or not beautiful enough to wear my pieces she any woman can wear them yeah they're for everyone and we are all beautiful but why do I still struggle with that myself, you know? Well, first of all, I can't relate because since menopause, I've been a perfect 10. Um, oh. <laughs> I knew yeah, it was I mean, going to go this direction. You, Damn you, it, you, you freaking got me. You can do your laundry on my six-pack. Uh, no, I absolutely know exactly what you're talking about. It does raise an interesting question about beauty. Um, you know, I love you know, I think we all loved when Dove came out with the Love the Skin You're In campaign, but how much did you really buy into it? Like, how much were you really okay when you started seeing wrinkles or you started getting a little thick around the middle? Like, you know, I mean, there's the one side that is, you know, yes, we should absolutely love who we are. Any size doesn't matter. But, you know, especially when you go through menopause, you really have to take care of your body now more than ever. So if you're getting the extra weight, which is typical, that's fine. You just have to make sure that you're aware, you know, that with menopause comes increased risk risk of a cardiac incident, right? And the weight gain is not good for that. So, like, there are, there are two sides of that coin, you know. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine to say, hey, I earned it. I get to wear elastic waistband jeans. In fact, I might go back to my maternity jeans. But um, but on the other hand, you also want to make sure that you're maintaining optimal health because this is there's a lot of risk for us now. Osteoporosis, like I said, cardiac. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you listen to like previous guests that we've had on the podcast who have been amazing in sharing their expertise, I mean, the adrenal gland is in overdrive right now. That's contributing like stress stress like sorry like especially through a pandemic the stress you know the isolation that the half the time we don't even probably realize how stressed we really are during this pandemic because we're not really going anywhere we're not really interacting but there is this 
constant underlying stress. It's causing anxiety and depression, which is also confusing because menopause does the same thing. So yeah, you know, where, where are you, we being hit at? Like, where's it all coming from? So I, I get it. I get what you're saying. And, and, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to get your mind around the fact that, you know, your body is changing and essentially your reproductive system is shutting down and it puts you into the next phase you know, we're trying to feel that this is normal and it is normal, but we're also, it makes us, I think, more cognizant of the fact of where we are in life. Mm -hmm. So we have to stay positive about that. Yeah, we do have to stay positive about it. And, and like you said before, it's so good to talk about it because I think it's just a reality of how we all feel. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't want to say this like so casually, but I, I, I mean, I don't want to be 20 again, but I, I don't want to look old. Like I yeah. really don't. I, no. I wish I could freeze myself now and like no more changes. It's enough. You know, we could shellac your face. <laughs> yeah, please shellac my face. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, like also being, um, you know, on screen so much now, or even like when I do my talk shows and I watch the playback, I'm like, oh my God, I look like my dad's sisters, like, you know, or <laughs> I look like, you know, it, who I love, but they're my older aunts. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. They're not <laughs> yeah. your girlfriends. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I know it, it's so, it's so interesting how our brains work and how we process all of this stuff. And really, I mean, I don't know about you, but March, I'm still okay with, with winter and everything. Come April, I, I feel that's when the depression kind of starts yeah. to really, cause, because it's like, okay, now we're getting a little lighter in the clothing Things aren't mm -hmm. fitting as well. We're getting the bike back out. My hip hurts. Actually, that's something that I wanted to talk to you about too, Jacqueline, with the this whole thing with menopause. Your body, right, I, I guess it is protecting you so that you're not overexerting yourself because like yeah. you said, we're at higher risk for a lot of things. So back in November in my Christmas season, I was working like, really late at night getting up super early in the morning doing that whole cycle and uh, I found myself in agony with my hip and my lower back and I was like it'll go away over Christmas I'll just relax I got to push through so that's what I did in my younger years no problem well even last year no problem <laughs> and uh, this year no 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 my body is like I'm done man and I've had this hip problem now like since November and I'm, I'm just like, I'm going to the chiropractor, I'm doing yoga, it is healing. But um, it's funny, I, I have these certain things that I do that I can delegate to other people, right in my business. So sometimes my in my head, I'll say, you know what, it'll take me an hour, I'll just get it done and get it out of the way. I was doing that in the new year. And immediately as soon as I picked something up, I could give to someone else, I was getting these stabbing pains in my ribs. And I'm like, okay, no, I won't do it. Then I won't do it. it was like my body and my mind were separate. I'm like, okay, I won't do it. And I delegate it out. And then my body would calm down again, or, or even sometimes a hot flash will come up when I'm doing something that I know I could be giving somebody else or it's, it's interesting. It's really like, 
my so body. in a work environment then do you do yeah. that do you delegate to help out when you feel yeah. like you are having a symptom or a, like a flash or whatever yeah i do and delegating is a little bit more difficult now because yeah. i'm alone so the girls who help me they're doing work from home so i have to organize them make sure they have all the right materials and so sometimes you know my head will go that's easier if i just string up a bunch of beads for an hour but that's not where a CEO of a company makes changes. No, no. Right? <laughs> yeah. Last I heard, no. Yeah. Like one design, fine, but then you got to give it to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What other, um, what other symptoms would you say you're experiencing and like that are impacting work for you? That are impacting work? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, you know, one of the things is the foggy brain. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. And so that was another one of the reasons that I cut out alcohol during the week. So now I have this new thing I do. I buy a really good bottle of wine on a Friday night instead of drinking some kind of Jackson Triggs. Not Whoa. that there's anything wrong with Jackson Triggs, but yes, you know what I mean? <laughs> so so I'll, I'll buy a good bottle and then Friday night, I have one glass. Saturday night, I have the next glass. Sunday night, I have the final glass, which is usually a small one because Friday and Saturday have bigger glasses. Like really then, big, big gulp glasses. Yeah. <laughs> and then through the week, I have nothing. And that really helps with my clarity and my focus. Um, but last night, uh, on Monday, because it's Easter Monday, I was like, ah, I'm going to have another one. And I had like, it was so silly. I'd skipped Friday. So then now I'm, you know, I deserve it for Monday kind of thing. So yep. I had my Monday glass and I was awake at one thirty this morning and I was having like an anxiety attack about COVID because I'd gone to the bank machine and touched the buttons and then forgot to sanitize my finger and touched my lip and then licked oh. my lips. And so this all came to me, you know, and then the hot flash and the whole, in the morning I wake up, I'm like, I'm fine. I'm not sick. I, it's all good. So you're right, what you're saying. We we are so stressed out and we don't even realize like what the hell's going on. And things always look worse at two AM, don't they? Like oh they're catastrophic at two AM. Then when at seven when you wake up, if you actually went back to sleep, mm-hmm. then you're like, Oh yeah, that's I'll just tackle that today. It's fine. But it's yeah. easy to ruminate at that time of night. It's so easy to ruminate. And also, um, I don't have children, so I've never had to get up with a kid or, you know? Yeah. So for me, I I can ruminate for a very long time. Like I can ha- set my alarm for 6.30 and I can have that 2 a.m. ruminating action at 6.30 and then crawl out of bed at 8 because there's no little one who needs me or, you know, it, that that's something I've feeling like is almost getting worse where I need to train myself to get up like just remind myself when you once you get up you'll feel better just brush your teeth you'll feel better mm-hmm. it's like this sort of um I I always kind of suffered with like a morning low but it's worse now for yeah sure. yeah yeah um I do think yeah like I think that's a mood thing and it would be interesting if you were to sort of check all your levels and see where you're at. I know I was having a real issue and this came up when we launched She 2.0. I went and saw Sue Schroeder. Susan Schroeder is a nutritionist and I found out that my stomach acid was off. I was like practically deplete in all my B vitamins, my omega uh, and a few others. So, but I couldn't just 
automatically start taking all those vitamins. I had to fix my stomach acid first because if your stomach acid is, is off, like mine was, then you can take all the vitamins in the world, but they don't get absorbed. So you have to fix oh. it at the core. And I don't think a lot of women know that, but I did notice a very marked difference after I saw her for two visits and then started doing the stomach, like a digestive enzyme. And then I would introduce the vitamins slowly. And I was on, I don't know, like probably like you, I was on everything, black cohosh, vitamin E, D, B, G, L, M, P. You know, like take this one three times a day, standing on your head, take this twice with water, <laughs> take this with a meal, take this for an hour after a meal. It was like, what the hell? My Google calendar was always pinging to let me know to take something and I could hardly get anything done. And I didn't feel anything. So she took me off all the vitamins and got me down to about two, a really good multivitamin and then um, a D, I think. But just understanding what's happening inside your body is so important. It's a really great tool because then you can see how it's, you know, how it's affecting you during the night or during the day or with weight gain. Like it could be as simple as a few things are off. Wow. That, yeah. well, that would be great. Yeah, because it's really, uh, it, it's funny how we are, like, g growing up, I always gained, put weight on, on my butt and my hips. I'm good with that. That's, I'm used to that. But it's this belly that I'm like, okay, what the hell is this? Like, it's not even, and I know that, you know, it, it's what happens. It's the hormones and, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, another thing that, I've been doing this because Greg, my husband has been doing this. Um, so Greg started doing intermittent fasting about two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, he was doing it for weight, but mostly because he had read a lot about it and just how it kind of rebalances your body. Um, I believe it cuts down your insulin. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of benefits to intermittent fasting and women can do different time periods. Like, go 12 hours or 15 or 18, whatever you can sort of handle. But I noticed when he did it, the first year he did it, he lost a lot of weight and kept it off, um, but it was very gradual. Um, and then he also never got sick. And Maddie, my daughter, and I were sick all the time. And, he, and like, I couldn't believe he wasn't getting sick. He was right in the middle of it. And so I started doing intermittent fasting about a year ago. And I have kept off six pounds but I fluctuate with another four and, but that's a lot of cheating and I don't do it on the weekend. And, but there, I think there's pros and cons. And I do believe there's probably also two schools of thoughts about women doing intermittent fasting during menopause. I have heard it's good for hormone rebalancing. I don't think I have any hormones left, but I have also <laughs> read that it may not be good. So I'm still doing it. Um, and up until now I haven't been sick in a really long time. Like it really has right. helped me with my immune system. That's for sure. But it's, it's something you might want to like consider for mm -hmm. the belly bulge. Yeah. And so, so you just stop, like, what would you do? You stop, like, let's say you have your last little snack at eight o'clock and then you don't eat again until 10 the next morning. Um, yeah, I go between 10 and 15 hours. So I go 12 hours minimum. So if I stop eating at eight and that's everything, right? You can get up in the morning and then I do a bullet coffee, which is um, you don't want to have anything that will trigger your body to go into calorie burning or um, you don't want to, is it, you don't want to trigger your metabolism, I guess, not your metabolism. Okay. Oh my God, I can't even think. See, foggy brain. Um, yeah. 
but a bullet coffee is like black coffee with a bit of butter and I put cinnamon in and then, and then I mix, like I put it in the blender so it's a bit frothy. It's not the best tasting thing in the world, mm -hmm. but the butter is a little bit of fat. It fills you up so I can actually extend my fast. But I think a, the mistake a lot of people make is then they, they pour a coffee or a tea and they put milk or cream and sugar in it and that throws your fast off right away. Right. So yeah, like I, if I can go as long as I can go, it's great. And I find that the more I do it, the longer I can go. Wow. So, yeah. So and you're not, you're not worried about like de depriving yourself of nutrients or. No, you know. because it's like, you could be sleeping that long. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, even if I wasn't fasting, I would probably have a coffee or a tea in the morning anyway. And I really wouldn't get to breakfast till about 10 30 or 11. So you're still having your breakfast. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'll okay. still eat. I'll eat. Not, I just won't eat first thing in the morning. I'll eat around 1030. I'll do a fruit smoothie. Okay. Gotcha. But after you do, after you, after you've broken the fast, you've broken the fast. You can yeah. I'm not saying now, you can eat are, whatever, but. Yeah. Are we allowed to talk about poop on this podcast? Yeah. Let's talk about poop. Who doesn't love okay. that? So I was sharing with our dear friend, Catherine, <laughs> that I was having some problems with digestion. Like I was going like every couple days instead of every day, like I'm used to. I mean, every morning it would be like clockwork, right? And that had changed with menopause. And she said to me, what are you eating for breakfast? And I said, well, I have these smoothies and I have my kefir and my fruit and blah, blah. And she goes, no, 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 no. You're too old for that now. <laughs> she oh, goes, you need shit. to chew something. She goes, chew you got to chew something in the morning. Like, yeah, enjoy your smoothie later if you still want one, but chew. Have a bowl of oatmeal. Have a piece of whole grain toast. Like, start chewing you, because that's the beginning of the digestion, you know? And yeah. Really? Lo and behold, it I'm works back to my regular schedule. Yeah. Oh, I was going to tell you to get drugs. <laughs> yeah. So, ladies, we don't have to have Seneca right away. You can have the uh, chew, ch chew that chewing, cud. man. Yeah, chew the cud. It's so true. Oh my god, isn't that I, funny? It's funny that twenty years ago we would not have had this conversation. But like, oh, this reminds god, me never. of you know when you're on Zoom all the time, you look at your face and you're like, "What the hell is happening to my neck?" Um, oh yeah, like where you where like the <laughs> yeah, I get why Diane Keaton used to wear turtlenecks, right? Yeah. So I've, um, because you can't do anything, can't get a facial, can't get acupuncture, can't do anything. I've turned to facial yoga. And good. Yeah, it's really kind of cool. Um, you know, for women, as, our, as we lose collagen, uh, the outside of our eyebrows um, start to kind of sag down, which causes more hooding in our eyelids. And they try to fix that stuff with Botox, but actually Botox just relaxes the muscle and can make it worse. So these exercises where you're holding your brows up and you're pushing back down on them because you have like hundreds of muscles in your face. I've been doing them and they have made a huge difference. <gasps> I'm on yeah. it. I'm yeah. And then there's one that is like what Catherine told you where you put your neck back and you yeah. pretend you're chewing like a cow and it helps to <laughs> firm up your neck muscles. That's so funny because my mom and my Oma, they always said to me, if we can teach you one thing, you keep stretching that neck. It'll never get wrinkly. And so I've always done that. And then the other thing was when I was a teenager and I had, you know, I had pimples because I had oily skin. They said, that's the fountain of youth. Keep just spread it around, spread it around. Like, spread that, that zit around. Spread that zit around. <laughs> yeah. 
spread those oils. Yeah. yeah so if I, you guys still feel a little bit in the T zone, keep spreading it outward. What's well, funny because you also get like acne with menopause. You just don't get the youth part yeah. with it. Yeah, that's right. And so with the like mask, I have a nice zit on my chin. Oh, chair. the mask. Oh, yeah. yeah the mask. Yeah. <laughs> the ma mask knees, whatever they what call it. What about a mask with the hot flash combo? Don't you love that? You know what I love? My a favorite. mask with my glasses on, and then a hot flash comes oh. on. You can't, I need windshield wipers. <laughs> I know. You can't, you can't see. You just, oh, it's awful. Then you're yeah. aggravated. Then the rage comes out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So great. tell me, what um, are you, would you say, in your peer group? Are you pretty much alone in this experience or leading the pack? Or are you right on par with the rest of your friends? Um, I am a bit more of a leader of the pack because most of my friends are a year younger. Mm -hmm. Can I share a story with you that of course. was so funny? So I have, um, I have six friends from public school who we call our, our public school is called Woodside and we call ourselves the Woodside Wonder Women. <laughs> and we have like Saturday morning chats and everything. So this chat kind of stays open and we'll check in with each other in the day. And so anyway, you'll, love this i i just um found out that sandy horn from the spoons yep. is going to be on my talk show in may so i'm really excited <gasps> about that awesome. yeah very very excited so anyway the girls are in a chat and i'm finding out this news i have a live chat going with rob Proust and sandy horn and it's just like you know my little teenager is just freaking <laughs> out and so so they're all talking about um turning 50 because they've all just turned 50 and how they have to get now um, a colonoscopy. They've got to get a mammogram, blah, blah, blah. And one of the girls is going through it in real time right there. And she's like pretty freaked out. So everyone's chiming in to give support. And I come in with the, Hey guys, not to change the subject, but can we all just be 14 for a minute? Look who I'm chatting with. I take the screenshot. I send it over and all I get was one heart from one of them. And then they go back to talking about the <laughs> And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with my friends? Have they lost their mind? And, and so anyway, then I talked to another friend and she said, you know, it's funny, but really this is something like, it's scary. Midlife, it can be so, and I, I thought, yeah, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> take it back a notch. Like, you know, I've been through those tests. I know I'm okay. My baseline has been uh, measured. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be remeasured in a few more years, I guess. But um, with all that said, like, yeah, we're at this age where we're fearing, you know, our parents dying, all that kind of stuff. But I have I've invested in therapy in the last couple of years and I've tried different things, but I've found someone who I can really connect well with and, and it's working out well. And what we do is a lot of inner child work. And what I love about that is that you um, it's teaching me how to mother myself and how to take care of myself and how to speak kindly to myself. And, and it's also teaching me how a lot of these thoughts that come in and out of our head, it's all lies. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, you know, like when we talk about the practice of exercise, the practice of healthy eating and all of that stuff, it's also a practice to really control your thoughts and really be mindful of what 
is the information that you are feeding into your brain and into your psyche. And, you know, your brain, there's so much fascinating uh, stuff you can read now about the brain and how you can, you know, change the way that you think and the way that you perceive things. And, you know, it's good to invest in that, I think. Neuroplasticity. Yeah, neuroplasticity. That right. is a hot topic and I truly believe yeah. in it. Um, mm -hmm you know, this sort of remapping your brain. And, and it, it's true, you know, like if you have this one consistent thought, I, you know, I'm, I'm fat and I don't like the way I look. I'm fat and I don't like the way I look. You create mm -hmm. this sort of groove that yeah. creates that channel for your thinking. You have to reset that and you can create new grooves, mm -hmm. like skiing down a hill in fresh snow, right? You create those tracks. And if you keep skiing in them, they get deeper and deeper. But once you change them, stay away from those. So I do believe in neuroplasticity. There's some really great books about it. The brain that changes itself is one of them. Um, but I really like what you said about that internal dialogue because that's killer. It's been a killer for women since we were teens and the media told us we weren't good enough. And then we just took over for ourselves and started telling ourselves we weren't good enough. You know, we, we look at our bodies and we feel negative maybe about the experience we're having. But the reality is like, you know, if we have our health and our friends and our families, we should be able to offset that with the positive things and the, the gratitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we do. We, we need to have that gratitude. And, and you know, with all of this uh, isolation, I think maybe we're getting to a point now where we're getting a little too introspective. <laughs> we're, oh, yeah. we're getting a little too thinking about ourselves and think, you know like look outward now maybe now is the time to look outward and look at and even take note of really see ourselves observe ourselves and who we are in the world and and how we change things for the good and the impact we have on other people and what we mean to other people like to really recognize the value of who we are on mm -hmm. this earth you know like if you find yourself getting stuck in those thoughts and you're putting yourself down all the time, just reach out to a friend and, and pay attention to the way that friend responds to you. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, that you're a gift to that friend for God's sakes. Like, yeah, I actually, and I applaud you for therapy because I did a lot of um, cognitive behavioral therapy Mm -hmm. uh, for some trauma. And I also did EMDR and anybody who's ever had PTSD or some serious childhood trauma or any kind of trauma, EMDR is really amazing. I don't remember exactly what it stands for, but it's the rapid eye yeah. movement. And that's fascinating. Like I found results instantaneously with that. Wow. Um, but there's so many different therapies for different things, but I have to say the one thing that, you know, as women we're in a she session Many of us are trying to tackle homeschooling in our careers. A lot of women in the C-suite have stepped down because of this. And the burden does feel like it's on us during this pandemic. And I was really struggling um, myself doing, you know, like Ramona is also going so crazy. So we both have She 2.0 and then we both have full-time jobs. And then we both have kids at home and we both have dogs and husbands and and I decided it was a great idea to bring in a new puppy into the situation at the height of my anxiety. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always a good idea. So calming. To bring a puppy. Um, 
but uh, <laughs> I have no regrets. I love them to pieces, but holy hell, I really hit the skids a couple of weeks ago, and I, I was crying. I was screaming. I was overwhelmed by absolutely everything. I was a complete intolerable nightmare to be with, and I called my doctor uh, about my daughter for something, and I ended up by crying on the phone with her for an hour, and, wow. you know, she wanted me to get therapy, but it, it was different. I mean, I've, I've done 15 years of therapy. This was different. This was very much about the isolation because I'm a social person. I need to see my friends, my family. And um, yeah, and I was having a really hard time rectifying it. And so she put me on Zoloft and it was the best bloody thing I've ever done. It's pretty low dose, almost no side effects. I noticed within two days, the anxiety that I've been walking around with for maybe 20 years this hum in my belly, this, this sort of this feeling of nervousness or just not being able to like relax ever. Mm -hmm. And, and when that went away, everything went away with it. My focus came back. Um, I didn't take things so personally. I'm certainly not as introspective in a dark way that I was becoming. And my thoughts have changed. Like, I just feel like we've got to do whatever it takes not just right mm -hmm. now, but whenever. And there's no shame. You, no, there's no shame. You know, we, we talk about, we, we brag about drinking wine all the time, but we hide the fact that we might need an anti-anxiety or an antidepressant, or we might need someone really good to talk to. We shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Those are the healthier routes. Those are the better treatments, more positive treatments to get ourselves back into shape. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I would say for anyone who finds themselves turning to wine to self-medicate, like, don't blame yourself. That's what our parents did. Like yeah. they didn't, that we're, we're in a new generation where now finally there is so much focus on mental health and mental well-being and everything. So don't beat yourself up if you're, you find that you're doing that, but recognize that it's nothing to be ashamed of and that you yeah. can you know, make that change. If you I want. think it's For like, sure. um, I think it's a really a fine balance with wine because at this age and mm. this age group of women, we do yeah. find alcoholism is very high mm. and it's silent and it's slow and it's a slippery slope. And I really feel like we have glorified the rosé all day far too much and mm -hmm. it's bad role modeling for our children. And really it is a crutch. I love my wine, as you know, wine mm -hmm. and bacon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was our thing. Not together, yeah. though. Well, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but you have to, I notice when, like, even Greg will say to me, are you having a rough week because you're actually having more wine than normal? And then I, it's a good wake-up call. Like, okay, yeah. I'm stressed and I'm not dealing with it. So, like, maybe don't yeah. have the wine and maybe get up early and go for a walk. You know who you need to have on your show here? Oh. I'm going to refer you. So I just <laughs> interviewed this fabulous woman, Danielle Leonard. She's the uh, editor-in-chief at West of the City magazine. Do you know that magazine? I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, it's like a Metroland insert. It goes into Toronto Star. And Anyway, she wrote a blog about choosing to quit drinking, not because of alcoholism, not because of 
just she made this choice to quit drinking and it's fascinating her story um, and and her experience from she's I think she's a little younger than us like she might be in her mid 40s but you know totally wait a minute that's not a little younger than us no not at all it's like barely eclipsing us okay she was in grade eight when we were walking out of grade 13 but anyways Yeah, but uh, but I found her perspective. It, yeah, it was really interesting, and and you know, and and even just having the discussion about how do you tell your friends that you're not drinking anymore? Like she shared that, you know, she had a friend who had this girlfriend. She could the the friend confided and said, "I've got some news for you. Um, it's a big one." And the girlfriend said, "Are you you're not going to tell me you quit drinking? Did did you?" And like that. <laughs> she thought right she goes yeah that is what i was gonna tell you pregnancy divorce cancer like i wouldn't have thought of that it was hilarious so yeah (laughs) (laughs) well any port in a storm (laughs) yeah yeah. no i mean kudos to her for doing that it's brilliant Mm -hmm. i think you know for me i i enjoy the taste of wine and i don't drink any other alcohol so um i'm kind of limited but I think it's really about having a healthy relationship with alcohol and understanding that it is a treat, not a need and not a crutch. That's right. What do they say? There's one glass is a tonic, two or more is a taser, is a toxin. (laughs) Oh, a toxin. (laughs) I just call that taser. I call that Wednesday. What? Two or three is Wednesday, one whole bottle Friday. (laughs) That's right. So so before we leave, I I think you've said some really crucial points um, about how you're coping. And like, I just want to recap some of the things that stood out for me. I really like the idea. And I think this is going to be more predominant in the workplace as more and more companies, hopefully, follow the lead of New Zealand, I think it is, and start to build in menopause into their insurance policies and packages and workplace um, protocols. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like the idea of um, delegating when you really Mm. do have too many things on your plate because, you know, like you said, with menopause, you memory loss, foggy brain. I also use my Google Calendar for the most ridiculous things, but I just have to. I need Mm -hmm. to be reminded all the time and you know, you go to write something down, you forget it instantly. Um, and I, I really love the idea of therapy because, you know, it is a very isolating experience. We hope it won't be soon because we're hoping everyone will start talking openly about it. But it is for now isolating. It impacts our body image, our, our mind, our our view on aging, our, our role in society, you know, in the old days, which, you know, could have been as soon as two weeks ago. We we would feel redundant if we were going through menopause. And so we need to understand that, you know, someone going through menopause isn't necessarily old. We've had a 30 year old woman on our podcast who went through it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love the one thing that I think about is the golden girls. I never watched it, but Blanche, um, Mm -hmm. is it Blanche? The Southern belle. Yeah. I remember her hair, like very, um, it was like my grandma's hair. She was mm-hmm. 52 when she did that role. Yeah. And now 52 is J-Lo. Yeah. Isn't Jennifer that crazy? Aniston. Like, it's, I know. I love that they're changing 
the look of it. Like you really are only as old as you feel. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think we should cut our hair or stop wearing short skirts. Well, if we ever leave the house again. Yeah. Um, but I think we just have to do what we feel good in. I do too. And I think we have to look at women who are older than us and, and, have an adoration for that, not look behind anymore. I mean, I can appreciate young women, of course. I mean, I'm not saying the young girls don't matter, but, but you know, if, you know, right now, like through what I, <laughs> this feeling that I'm having with the belly and all that, you know, who I watch all the time, who I love so much is Debbie Travis. I'll just go on and watch her on Instagram live in Tuscany working on her house or whatever. And she's got her wine and she's got a little bit of chub and she's so gorgeous and bright and happy. And you know, like that's okay, I'm gonna how watch I, her. she's wonderful. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's great. Or a woman like Meryl Streep or any yeah. of these, these beautiful women who are, they're vulnerable and they just, they're lovely, right? Like, yeah, I think it's great to see women talking and, and not caring. I mean, I think that's the rite of passage with perimenopause and menopause. You really truly do. I mean, you're only, you're a newbie to postmenopause. I'm postmenopausal yeah. three years. You really <laughs> do, honestly, stop giving a shit. And I don't mean mm-hmm. about letting your body go. I mean, you care more about your body and you care less about what people think of your body. And I think that's a really critical shift in thinking yeah that to me is magical thinking because it changes everything oh yeah yeah. monica i'm so excited that you join me and we will get together with ramona and have another podcast really missed her on this one but you had such wisdom to share and you always do when we chat and it was just so refreshing to hear a positive look at menopause i mean sure there are the things like the belly and whatever but yeah but overall i, I think your outlook is so positive and inspirational thank you we're gonna do the next 20 years as gracefully as we possibly can just like we did our last 20 <laughs> we absolutely will we're gonna rock yeah. this thing <laughs> that's right <laughs> thank you so much monica thank you and i will include links to glam jewels and all the great stuff that you're doing your show and everything in our posts so that our listeners can find you and and i think that everyone should tune in to your show just give me two two seconds on your show and why women should listen to it because i oh love it. my god so the whole show is really about getting to know the woman behind the business you know and not so much having a woman on to do her dog and pony show about what it is she does for a living but my first question that i ask every guest is what did little let's say i've actually interviewed jacqueline yeah. got a, so what did little jacqueline want of you when she grew up and we just go from there and it's such a great because you don't really know where the conversation's going to go and sometimes we never even end up talking about the business we could be talking about childhood trauma we could be it's just amazing and i think it's good because these women um are are women who you can you can grab some inspiration from. I created the show because when I was first coming up in my business, there were no women who were kind of like ahead of me that I could relate to that. I wanted to hear stories that were relatable. So I'm really hoping that this will, you know, be, be what the the show does for other women. So wonderful. Well, I will definitely include the link to that show and your site and your beautiful jewels. And, um, 
keep up the positive attitude. And I hope I can see you as the kids say IRL. Yeah. Really soon. That's in real life for anyone who didn't know that. Because <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> anyway, Monica, it was so great chatting with you and thank you for joining. Thank you, Jacqueline. Loved it. <laughs>